Welcome to another WriterCast. This is your host, Matthew. I'm going to be talking about Kamen Rider Ryuki this week in my quest to cover 20 years of Kamen Rider, one week at a time. The premise of Kamen Rider Ryuki seems to be that there is a mirror world with mirror monsters who attack and feed off of real humans in the real world. I don't know how they select their targets or whatever, but um, in addition to these normal mirror monsters, there are very powerful monsters that certain individuals who are sensitive to them somehow and have a deck of cards, a magic deck of cards it looks like, uh, can uh, they can seal them away or they can make a contract with them. And when they make a contract with one of these monsters, like our hero uh, does in this uh, episode, they can gain the power of that monster and have it superimposed upon their regular writer powers and they become common writer Ryuki in this instance or Knight for uh, Ren's character. Uh, but there's a little bit of a twist to this premise so far. In addition to these mirror monsters that you got to worry about, the riders are in a war with each other. Somehow they're locked in to combat with each other. And I only know that because I saw the preview for the episode, uh, the preview for episode three. Um, yeah, and that's it. I just thought it would be fun to feature the title card from the opening. The opening is pretty good, but I will get to that later because I don't really talk about that sort of thing right here, right now. On to the meta information about the show. It ran from February 3rd, 2002 to January 19, 2003. Uh, Yasuko Kobayashi was the head writer. I think Ryuta uh, Tasaki was the head director. Uh, let's see. The first episode is called The Secret Story's Birth. And the second episode I watched was called um, Giant Counter Spider Attack. Is that right? Yes. Giant Spider Counter Attack. Sorry. I almost got that wrong. Alive, a life is uh, the opening song. The ending, which we didn't get to hear, is called Boundless Life. So I guess it's focused on life, probably because there's going to be some death in it. More death than the other shows, maybe. And the suit actors we got to see him play this episode, or these episodes, were Seiji Shikawa as Ryuki, uh, Makoto Ito as Knight, and that's it. So on to the cast, we've got this uh, tech lady who works at Ore Journal alongside uh, Shinji Kido, who is uh, who becomes common writer Ryuki. I don't know the chief's name, but this is a picture of him. He's uh, editor-in-chief, and he wants to be called editor-in-chief. Apparently, he got drunk one night at a party, and somebody snapped pictures, and those are on the website for their official journalist things. Uh, this is Reiko. I do not, I do not know her name. Um, I like her a lot. She's kind of like the lead journalist over at their paper, and she seems pretty awesome to me. This is Yui Kenzaki. Apparently, she is looking for her brother, a Kenzaki who's missing. He's actually on the missing uh, persons reports on the paperwork that um, Kido or Shinji has. And uh, she partners, looks like, with Ren for now. And uh, Ren turns into Batman, uh, basically. Um, he's an interesting guy. I don't know what to think of him quite yet. This is Shinji Kido, our, our protagonist. He turns into Kamen Rider Ryuki. Um, he says he can't seem to keep his nose out of things. And um, yeah, so that's kind of why he decides to become a Kamen Rider. And that's why he's a journalist. And it's interesting to me that the two are one and the same for him. The motivations, or at least they dovetail into each other if they're not identical. I thought that the cast had excellent chemistry. I liked all the Ori journal people. Um, I like... Um, Ren and Yui so far. I actually like, I think Yui and Reiko feel kind of very similar to each other, 
but I like both of them. And I think there's enough different between the two of them that'll make it interesting. And I think it's obvious that, um, Ren and, um, and Shinji are pretty different people, uh, which becomes very obvious at the end of the second episode and even more clear in the uh, preview for episode three. Now, as far as the design work is concerned, I really like it. I like the fact that, uh, well, I'm just going to let you look at it. Look how pretty it is. Um, but no, I'll go ahead and talk about it, and then points will come up later. Uh, th this is a silly thing. Uh, the card has an attack power in it, like a TCG, so it kind of begs the question, are levels and powers and things like that going to be something that matters in the show, or do they all have equal stats, and it's just, you know, whoever uses it better, that works for them. I don't know. Uh, yeah, CG Dragon. I like the design of the dragon. It's cool. Um... It's, it's a good design. Uh, the design of this mirror monster up close is a fantastic spider. By the way, this is the third uh, set of preview or debut episodes to have a spider in it. Um, this is, I believe, the start of the uh, Eldritch CGI monstrosity, as uh, some Tokusatsu fans refer this or refer to this as. Um, and uh, there we go. We're getting a CGI-aided rider kick, which is fine because, you know, special effects are special effects. Uh, but I do think the design of that spider overall is uh, is really good. Um, you know, if it looked better uh, with practical effects, or if it either looked better with practical effects or if it looked better because the CGI was high enough budget, uh, that would be good. They did some really interesting things when it pulled a lady through the mirror. One of the spiders did. Uh, I don't know if it's the same spider or not. Um, and that looked really creepy and wonderful how it, like its arms went over her shoulders and then pulled her in. And it was, uh, it was pretty good, pretty good stuff. The Ryuki suit looks really cool. Uh, I mean, it looks really good. It's solid. It's a little weird. Like the visor, the, the grid on the face looks kind of weird. Knight on the other hand looks fantastic, uh, from start to finish. Um, something I really appreciate about the design work here is that if you look closely here at Ryuki before he gets the dragon on him. It's just this blank suit. And then you compare it to knights. The undersuit is the same. Um, most of the armor, it's like very, um, not formula. It is very formulaic. Uh, and there's like 12 or 13 writers in the show total. I know that from, you know, being a tokusatsu fan. Um, and then you've got a rider machine here that it's a motorcycle, but it's in the mirror world. So it travels kind of funny. And you have the fact that like the animal or whatever the monster they contract with informs their suit. So Knight has a bat because he's got all this bat stuff on him and Ryuki gets that later. Um, and it's just really funky. Like, look at this weird rider machine that he's he's in. But like, he looks really cool and imposing and threatening. And uh, I think that all comes down to solid design work. I've seen all of Dragon Knight, so I know how the visors work and how the or whatever they're called in this and how the, the venting works with the cards and stuff. And it's all really exciting. Um, I, I, I really do think the designs in Ryuki are really solid. Um, like I said earlier, they kind of have a swappable nature to them and like the undersuits are all the same and there's like a lot of uniformity in them, but also it also enables or allows for a lot of variety. And I really like that. And, uh, there's no, to me yet, there's no direct tie. Well, I guess, uh, I, I've been talking about the links between the writers and their, uh, the monsters that they're fighting. And in this case, it's how, you know, they have these special monsters that they can contract with. And then it informs the shape and design of their suits, which is interesting. You notice here the, oh, never, never mind. Never mind. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and uh, close out my thoughts on the overall design. And I'm going to, or the design. And I'm going to talk about my thoughts on the show overall. I hope this isn't like an, un an unkind part of myself. Um, I don't think it is. I think it's coming from somewhere genuine, but something about this guy, the like building manager, the, the uh, super, whatever, 
like his face has a lot of character to it. And I really like that. And I just wanted to throw that out there as like a dumb one-off thing before I get into talking about the show. I think Ryuki uh, plays into the alien nature of the mirror world and stuff uh, that it operates on different on different rules and how hard it is for Shinji to uh, interact with it and to show... Well, I think it does that really well, and I think the positive effect of that is that it makes it a little more interesting. It makes the stakes a little higher because he's coming into a game... Um, or, you know, a situation, a dangerous situation that he doesn't know about and we don't know about. And he's involved with it directly. So we're learning along with him, but you have people like Knight, uh, and, and, um, and Yui or Ren and Yui who already know what's going on. And, um, they're kind of trying to, uh, I don't know, help. Well, maybe they're not trying to help him navigate the world. Maybe not. It's a little unclear. Um, but it certainly seems like a bad situation for him to be in. And I like how they chose to highlight that and really demonstrate it to the audience by having him do stuff like crash into the wall and have all these problems, these comedic moments that are um, really, they really are dramatic when you think about them in the full context. But in the moment, they're, uh, they're funny and uh, enjoyable for the audience to watch. I almost neglected to mention, if you look closely at this tail thing hitting, uh, what's his name? <laughs> Anyway, and the sword, they're the same. So I think the cool thing, or one of the interesting things about what happens with the uh, monsters that they contract with is that parts of their body break off and become uh, parts of their arsenal. So uh, if you look here, again, it looks like Dragon's Tail, uh, the tip of it is a sword that splits off, and that's what um, Shinji is able to use in battle as his sword. So we learn in the second episode, I think, uh, that there's a time limit for how long the writers can be in the mirror world, and it's conveyed with this really simple effect. Uh, I think it probably wasn't too complicated in, in either the, the case of the glove or the helmet, but I think it's really effective in communicating, like, something bad is going to happen to you if you stay here too long. So uh, I have this grab of this. Or I, I was impacted by an image of uh, Ren in the show when he lies to Yui. He has this smile. I'm not sure if I found him charming or what, um, or if it, or if it was the fact that he was lying to her. Like she said, I hope you're not doing this. And he said, of course I'm not doing that. And he smiles as he looks at Shinji. Um, but Something about that was really endearing, and I don't know, maybe that's a little bit of charisma, or maybe that's just a well-written and well-constructed setup, um, and I find it humorous because it is humorously, uh, like I said, constructed or written, so just wanted to point that out. So earlier when I spoke about Reiko, I talked about how cool I think she is, and earlier I also mentioned that... Um, I want to keep saying Kenzaki. What a powerful name, man. That like that name just sticks in my mind. I have no idea why. Anyway, I wanted to say that Shinji sort of has a personality that makes him who he is. His reasons for mirror or for uh wanting to be a journalist mirror his reasons for wanting to be a common writer. And there's this really fantastic scene between the two of them that involves uh, Reiko printing out <laughs> a list of the victims or the people who have gone missing f uh, mysteriously that 
they're investigating and that, um, you know, he was investigating when he found the deck of cards in that guy's apartment. Um, and then she angrily points it out to him. And when she does, she emphasizes the fact that the names on the list aren't just names, that they represent people. They are, you know, parents, siblings, uh, grandchildren, whatever. And that if he's telling her to back down and get scoops on other more interesting stories instead of wasting her time on this one that could be dangerous, then he doesn't know what he's talking about because the reason she became a journalist was to find the truth and she's not going to run from a story or run from the truth just because finding that truth and facing it is going to be dangerous to her. And when she said that, for, I mean, first of all, she, she acted it out very well. Uh, the camera just sits on the two of them as she's uh, reading off the list, yelling at him, and then she like throws it at his chest and walks out of there. And it was very dramatic and, and just very well played. But the point stands uh, that she is right. These are people and, and finding out about what happened to them may be dangerous to her, but she's doing it for the sake of finding the truth and that it isn't something you can run from if you want to learn, if you want to learn. I do not now remember if Shinji had heard from Ren and Yui that he shouldn't become involved with uh, the deck and, and whatnot uh, prior to this or um, or not. But I really think that when he is urged by Yui to let it go, uh, that he decides to stick with the situation because Ren is doing so poorly in battle and whatnot, and he wants to save him. And I think he was really inspired by Reiko, and had it not been for her, um, her chastising him and her uh, being fed up with his cowardice and you know, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I don't think he'd be Ryuki and, uh, you know, he probably would have sealed away that dragon and it just wouldn't have been an issue. And then, you know, it would be a different show, but I just, I like that that moment is what made him common writer. So for my final point, I'm going to mention something inconsequential. Uh, well, it's not really inconsequential. It's just, it's not as, uh, as heavy as, you know, motivations, characters, motivations for, for things. Uh, the directing was really cool. I, I mentioned those writer machines and how weird they feel to me and how interesting they are. Uh, that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just that they're very unique to me. And, uh, one of the things I like so much about them is that they help the, I don't know, the creative team to communicate, uh, I think how foreign mirror world is because they, you know, they don't just go through a, a, you know, a mirror pain and they're on the other side of it. They, I mean, they can, but they also end up, uh, in this like mirror realm and they kind of drive through it and stuff like that on their writing machines and it can take them different places and then they can pop out into a location in mirror world. And, uh, I think the way they show those is really neat. I particularly enjoyed a few shots of night that were taken from the front of his bike as if they were mounted above uh, the front wheel or whatever and facing him. And I thought those were cool. They just, it felt very unique and uh, it feels like you're in the cockpit there with him. And I just thought it was really, uh, I don't know, it was really different and it struck me. And that's why I wanted to mention it and, and give it, uh, give it, I don't know, give them props for that. Uh, so overall, rather in conclusion, I really liked the first two episodes of Kamen Rider Ryuki. 
I think so. I like the cast. I like the design work. Uh, I like the premise. Uh, and I say that with a, a bit of caution in my voice because I, I mean, I, again, because of be, having been a Tokusatsu fan for the last, you know, eight years or so, uh, I know what Kamen Rider Ryuki gets to be about, sort of. Uh, but it's actually a little unclear in the <laughs> first two episodes exactly what it's about. Like, I have no idea how much the other, the, the creatures will be, the monster, the mirror monsters will be a factor in the overall story, uh, versus how much it'll actually be these other common writers. Cause, uh, at the end of the episode of, of episode two, where Ren attacks, um, Ryuki because, you know, he's so strong and his dragon's so strong that he wanted to go after, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, it totally changes everything. And, and it's such a twist, um, that it definitely wants uh, it definitely gets me to want to keep watching, um, but the uh, it kind of throws off what the show had been up to that point, and it it's a little unsettling. I don't have a problem with it being unsettling. I like to be surprised by the media I enjoy, um, but I mean this one definitely has me intrigued, uh, and yeah, I I definitely want to watch Ryuki more. The uh, it'll be interesting to go through uh all 20 years of writer like this because i think it kind of feels like it just keeps getting better and better and more and more interesting which uh kind of surprises me like i don't like I, again i think kuga had a much weaker start than uh ryuki here my objective here is really to take each show as its own thing with as much uh naivete naivete as i can approach it with uh, as possible for the sake of reviewing it so i don't really want to be comparing them so uh, I need to go ahead and stop there. And uh, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and end this now. Uh, I really enjoyed this Ryuki debut, debut, and I'm looking forward to the next one, which I believe is Fize. Thank you for your time and attention. I'd love to do more of this. Like, share, and subscribe to cheer me on, or give me feedback to make me stronger and smarter. Visit luminousbeings.blog for more. I link everything I do there, so if you want to comment, that's the place where I'll definitely see it.